Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a first. We didn't do anything big for the 10th episode of the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast. So we decided to go big and have Johnny broadcasting live from an airport in Connecticut. <laughs> yes, in Connecticut. Exactly. Very close. Very that, close to uh, Connecticut. That's how you bring in the listeners. When you go slightly national by going to a small Connecticut airport to do your podcast from. Well, it, it's it's a small Canadian airport. I'm in oh, Calgary. Oh, oh, so we're international. Yes, yes, that's exactly what's happening. Here, oh, okay, so. okay. See, I thought Connecticut, but you're nowhere near no, that. You're no. out in the western part of of the of Canada, of the Great White yes, North. Exactly. So we decided to go international with this episode. Well, look that's at right. me. We're way fancier than I expected us to be. <laughs> Did you think I was in Connecticut? I thought that's what you had typed me that you were at a, no, you were no. going to be in Connecticut, and I thought that was weird <laughs> that you because you were at the Western Broadcast Association, which I figured would be in Western Canada, and I thought, <laughs> why the hell would he fly then to Connecticut to then connect to Chicago, but I didn't know how Canadian airports work. No, no, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the uh, I'm looking at the Rockies right now. Oh, Beautiful. okay, Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. So uh, being in an airport means you have traveled. Have the travels gone well for you thus far to this point you on know, your travels? I, I, don't, I don't think you can get on a plane without just something or somebody just kind of, you know, it's also a sore thumb sticking out going, oh, here we go. It's going to be this thing. And uh, we were sitting in the airplane in Chicago a couple of days ago, ready to take off. Uh, everybody's in, the door's shut, and um, it wasn't a full plane. And so uh, some people, just, uh, one person decides he's going to get up and move <sighs> uh, to a new seat. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, now, I'm in the exit row. Good choice. Good choice. You, I was, mind you, I was the only person in the exit row on both sides the entire plane was counting on me depending on you and you had to give verbal consent from the from the those working on the plane that you in fact would help in case of emergency yes if anything happened everything was on my shoulders for the entire plane all right so um so guy decides he doesn't want to be sitting in a full row he gets up and and goes to the exit row Okay. You can't do that. No. No, you can't. You've got the exit row is a special row. As you could tell, I was the only one in the exit row. That's how special it is. You have to say the exit row oath. Right. Um, You have to put your hand over your heart. Uh, You have to go through extensive training. Yeah. You have to know how to go down a slide and how to inflate an inflatable one. I mean, that's part of the whole thing. Not anyone can do that. That's right. That's right. Um, And so... Um, the flight attendant gets on the overhead and uh, and says the following. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't leave the gate until everyone is seated. I don't know why some people are not in their seats right now, <laughs> uh, but we cannot move until uh, everyone is in the seat and he's they're, they're talking about this one this one person that now everybody is looking at yeah it's pretty obvious who it is okay um then another flight attendant comes up to the guy and says sir you can't sit here this is an exit row uh, and you didn't buy an exit row ticket um and uh and we can't we, you have to be in your assigned seat so we can take off um now, a third flight attendant comes up to the guy and says the following. I thought we already talked about this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I 
thought we already talked. That's a bold move right there. That's a, that's a relationship gone bad. That's like a mom thing to say, isn't it? Yeah. I thought we were uh, put the toy down. I thought we already talked about this in the toy aisle. You're not getting one today. You've not been good enough. So he fumbles. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a sorry. So he, make, he makes it back to his seat. Then the pilot of the airplane, <laughs> second only to me in right. the exit row, That's is true. the pilot right. in importance. Um, the pilot gets on the airplane and uh, gets, gets on the overhead and, and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're un- unable to pull back from the gate uh, because we have someone in the lavatory. And uh, and because of that, we have to wait until the person gets out of, you know. So, I mean, imagine you're in there doing your thing, you know, who knows whatever prompted. You, know, you shouldn't have had that fajita at Chili's before you got yeah. on the plane. And so now you're the only person and hearing this overhead uh, saying that, you know, it's, it's basically like when, when the teacher would say, well, uh, we're not going out to recess because one person uh, couldn't seem to uh, be quiet during quiet time. And so I'm sorry, we're going to have to just not fly this plane today. <laughs> the daggers, that poor individual who is in the lavatory. By the way, only only Canadians would say that over the over the loudspeaker, like, uh, "Sorry, I got someone in the lavatory." You know, a U.S. pilot been like, "Someone's in the crapper. Could you hurry up so we can get away from here?" Uh, but uh, so yeah, that poor person who was in the lavatory. You open that door, everyone's gonna be staring. You'd be like, "Great, I'm not gonna catch my connection because you had to drop a deuce before we took off." I will tell you. Um, it did result in a perfectly behaved airplane from that point on. There was no issue. Uh, no, I, I think I think there I think there's a lesson there. I mean, I yeah. think, you know, people have been getting into these you know pushing and shoving matches and and shouting at people. And I think I think you just need to you just need to turn into a third grade teacher and fold your arms and say we're not going to fly in our little airplane today unless everybody has their seatbelt on. Sir, sit down. <laughs> I thought we already discussed this. <laughs> I love that. Nip it in the bud. That was that was well done by your flight staff. They handled it. And they I, went straight uh, to the camp captain to be like, and oh, by the way, captain, get involved in this as well. None of this chicanery, none of these shenanigans are going to fly on our watch. And I don't know if it's a Midwestern thing or a Catholic thing or whatever it was, but but I felt bad for the guy for the rest of the flight. I, I, I assumed his guilt somehow. Yeah, that's very a Catholic thing to do. I'm, I'm the same way. I somehow would have apologized, be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I, I must have. I, I must have met the made the exit roll look so vast and welcoming. That was on me. I apologize. It wasn't his fault for being a doof. Somehow, it was my fault for making it look so spacious here in the exit row. So, and can you believe? Can you believe? Not a single person thanked me for my service. That's ridiculous. I, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, that that really. I just. I that, it hurt me. I don't know what America is coming to. Usually, you know, when you're sitting in an exit row, people say, "Thank you, sir, for your service. I appreciate your sacrifice. Uh, I appreciate what you've done for this air, this uh, this airplane, and this particular flight." Nothing, not a single person. Well, not only that, the thing that upsets me sometimes, as someone who's also sat in exit row, that you don't get to stand at the front of the plane with the the, the flight staff to thank everyone for flying that day. Yeah, I'm going to ask uh, today if I can uh, if I can do the um, the safety demonstration. Yes, thank you, thank you, because you are a, such a integral part. To your point. Only mm-hmm. second in command to you in the exit row is the pilot. So, Ladies and gentlemen, please follow my direction in the event right. of an emergency. <laughs> because <laughs> I am your exit captain. So, well, well done, sir, that you got everyone safely to their destination. I, for one, will thank you for your fine service on that airplane. Thank you. 
Thank you. It was it was a small sacrifice, but I'm proud. Uh, I'm proud to do it for for the airline. Uh, moving on, uh, this woman sacrificed quite a bit here. It's it, it's a kind of thing. Uh, stop me when it gets weird. Let me introduce you, Johnny, to Tors Reynolds. She of Herod Fordshire. Why do they add Shire to everything in England? It can't <laughs> just be a town. It's got to be something something Shire. So for the same reason we say Ville. Nah, I guess you're right. So here here's what's going on with Tors. Okay. Uh, she's a 35-year-old tattoo and body modification addict and artist. So she is dating this individual. And obviously, because she enjoys tattoos and body modification, Tours decides, well, this is going to last forever. So I'm going to tattoo his name on my body. So she does. And by the way, she likes to tattoo and pierce herself. She doesn't like to trust other people. Old Tours. So uh, already mistakes are happening, but go ahead. Yeah. So she finds out that uh, the boyfriend was was cheating on her. So Tors decides, here's what I'm going to do to show him that I don't need him and what a jerk he is. I am going to cut off a chunk of my skin where his name is tattooed and mail it to him. <laughs> Wow. Settle down there, Van Gogh. <laughs> she says that chopping off that chunk of skin with ascribed with their ex's name was quicker than lasering it off. <laughs> she said uh, he had been a naughty boy, cheated on me. Obviously, I wasn't going to keep his name on me anymore. I opted to cut it out purely because I had already done skin removal before. I knew it didn't hurt that much, and it was much quicker than laser sessions, which is a bit of a long game. Did she send it with a note saying, I thought we already discussed cheating on me. Now here's a piece of my skin. Right. Apart from that, you would hope. Apart from that, um, she also removed her earlobes and clipped off one of her fingers. That'll teach him. Yeah. Uh, and the extra part of her finger, uh, he actually sent back to her and is currently stored in a pendant inside a display cabinet. <laughs> So he was fine with the chunk of flesh with his name on it. He was like, okay, that's just Tors being Tors. Part of her earlobe, he's like, okay, I guess I get that because I bought the earrings that, that gauged her ears out that long. But when she sent the chunk of her finger, he thought enough is enough. That's the I time I sent it back. back together. You think they get back together? I think they, they, they seem like they're made for each other. They kind of do, don't they? She yeah. goes, I, uh, I don't think the story's over. Yeah, you may be right, because he he did send it back. She talked about removing the pinky. She said it was all over in a second. I couldn't have been happier. She said of cutting off her pinky, the detached part of her, which she nicknamed Wiggles. Even though she what ha- was it about her pinky that uh, she needed to send? What? Why was that a? Uh, an I, I don't know because relationship apparently it may have been. I don't know where that pinky would have been or where it had gone in the relationship. I don't want to know, considering what Tors has done. But she felt it necessary, and he sent it back to her. Uh, she said, even though she has a piece of her little finger stored in the necklace, she won't hear it or, uh, wear it around her neck because she doesn't want to lose the precious commodity. She said, this day, Wiggles just sits at home in my cabinet next to a jar of my earlobes and random dead things. So she she saved one earlobe, too. Uh, mm-hmm. As for her family's reaction, she explained that they knew that she was seriously considering changing her body, so it didn't come as much of a shock to them. Like anyone who loves you, they just want me to be safe and happy. I don't know how safe and happy you are lopping things off your body like that. 
How old is this functioning adult? Uh, Thirty-five is Tors and single. Yeah. Single now, Johnny. If you like oh. to, ta- if you'd like <laughs> oh, to take you. a run at Tors, if you don't have enough yeah. human flesh sitting in your house, uh, you may want to date her and then cheat on her and see what else she'll cut off. All right, I'll look for her OnlyFans. Yes, that's exactly where Tors is going to be. That seems like something. Uh, remember when he had Penny Poison on? Uh, way back right. in the day when we were actually on the radio. This is too good for radio. But talking with Penny Poison <laughs> about that stuff was perfectly acceptable for being on the radio. Uh, it seems like something she, she, may done. she may have done. She was into body modification. And you're, and you're right. There probably is a kink out there of somebody who uh, you know wants to watch an, an earlobeless woman. Yeah. I, I, is it one of those, like, someone bought farts on the internet. Is she just going to send, like, pieces of her, like, uh, on OnlyFans? Like, hey, I will tattoo your name on me, and two weeks later, I'll cut off that part <laughs> and send it to you for just $12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that'll be a thing. Yeah, that will be a thing. Good old tours. Uh, moving on, uh, I do have a couple of Ask Reddit questions to get to this week in our international edition of Mike and Molson, Too Good for Radio podcast. Uh, Very nice. I like that. You are in Cal- they, they do speak some French up there in Canada. Uh, here is one from for men of Reddit. The question was, what's a song that is sung by a woman that you sing at the top of your lungs. Easy. Which one is it for you? Juice Newton, uh, right? Uh, Playing with the no. Queen of Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not you're not terribly far off. Because uh, I think it came out the same year or the year after. Uh, uh, total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, Bonnie Tyler. That's yeah. yeah. That's the second. The that's a great choice. Um, this the, the one for me, uh, and I don't know. <laughs> It's terrible because it's not a very, very fast song. But there is something about Betty Davis eyes that I go, yeah, that's a pretty good one. I'll sing that one out that's loud. One. That is a pretty good one. There's more than I care to admit that uh, that I would sing at the top of my. Who among us hasn't been out and about uh, and sung I Will Survive <laughs> at the top of your lungs? I just, I just started laughing because I realized a couple days ago, uh, Joan Jett's Do You Want to Touch Me There came on. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I understand why you're laughing. Like, from a woman's perspective, that is a sexy song with a woman singing it. When a man gets up and karaoke's it, it becomes a vastly different tune. <laughs> and I, you know, and it's like I caught myself. I'm sitting alone in my office, and I just, I just start singing along. It's like, what am I, what am I doing right now? <laughs> it's the same thing with if you ever catch yourself singing along with divinals as a man. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's not one you want to do. There, There is something to be said, though, and I brought up this question before, and you can answer in the comments or wherever you're listening. I had a crisis of conscience where when I was in college, I thought about buying Madonna's Immaculate Collection, but I was like, I don't know I have the gumption as a man to walk up and buy Madonna's Immaculate Collection. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for mail order these days. Yeah, it makes it much easier uh, and much more discreet. It's kind of it's kind of like you get your boner pills and then you get your Madonna CD also sent in a discreet packaging as a man. Because you're right, that's one of those things where you have to buy two other albums to, to sandwich it in, in the middle. Yeah, right. It, it was one of those ones, had I still been a member of Columbia House, it would have been <laughs> one I chose. But I could buffer that by my Al DeBarge choice uh, and the cars, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that one's for my sister. Nobody would have noticed. Nobody would have noticed whatsoever. I do want to ask you quickly, though, too. Are there some bands out there that you know 
a bunch of their songs and you don't know why you know a bunch of their songs? Yeah, um, yeah, there are a couple. I think you know, years ago when um, when Train came to the state fair, um, I really was genuinely surprised how many songs Train first of all releases. Uh, it's obscene. <laughs> it is, um, and how many of them are hits, and how many of them I know. So yeah, Train would be would be one of those bands. The one for me, Roxette. For some reason, oh, I yeah. know I know way more rock. Like I never bought a rock set album in my life. But two days ago, I'm driving in my car and Joyride comes on, which is a lesser rock set hit. But yet, I knew every damn word. Like that, she's got the look. Must have been love. Like I, all those songs. It's like when they come on, I, it's hard. I can't turn them off for some reason. Yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, an unusually prolific band for a very short lived. Yeah, life they had. Yes, that is that is rock set for you, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, I do have to ask you too. I saw coming to our area here in the Springfield area is an Eagles cover band. Is that why you got out of uh, got out of the country? You hate the Eagles yes. that much, and you detest cover bands of the Eagles even more so. Yeah, I did. I, I went to a small resort town just outside of Calgary and sat there uh, completely disconnected from the internet, so I wouldn't have to look at anybody post about it. Thank God. What is your What is your take on cover bands, though? I, I can take them or leave them. Certain bands I think are okay to be have cover bands, but there's others where I'm like, why is that necessary? They rarely pull it off. I mean, are you talking about like a, a tribute band or a... Yeah, see, that's just the thing. There, there's a vast difference between like a band that plays a variety of covers, right? Right. Like, like, like a band you go to see at a bar on a weekend. They just, they're just trying to fill up a set and they're just trying to pr- please the crowd. And mm. those cover bands who play just a specific band and market themselves as such... Like, like all they do is try to be carbon copy, but they rare, to your point, rarely ever succeed. And I guess I, I, it's one of those things where even if I really liked the band, I don't know that I want to see a sloppy Xerox copy of it. Right. I, I don't mind if you're if you're that way and you have your own take on it. Right, mm. the, the, we, we've seen that before. Like Mini Kiss, Mini Kiss has a yeah. different take. They're 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 Mini Kiss, right? There's also like, um, oh, what's what's the one that Max Sabbath? It, it's a Black Sabbath cover band that dresses like McDonald's characters. So I I'm okay with that. But when you're just trying to be a sloppy Xerox copy, I got no use for you. Have you ever checked out uh, the Talking Dreads? No. Yeah, it's a it's a reggae talking heads cover. <laughs> brilliant, Ab, they are absolutely brilliant. I I like that. Super Diamonds, another one. They mm-hmm. are a Neil Diamond cover band, but they play Neil Diamond as heavy metal. Uh, so yeah, that's I, the I, way I, to do it. That's that the is the way to do it. it. Don't just don't just yeah. be. Hey, check it out. We're the Eagles cover band. We have slightly more ter- less or more terrible uh, harmonies right. than the actual Eagles do. Yeah, there's there's no there's there's nothing really compelling me to want to go see, you know, a cosplay Huey Lewis band. <laughs> is there one? Is there is there such who like that? No, that's no, that's be at this point. that's that's digging deep, right? There's certain yeah. ones where like you understand a Zeppelin cover band, Ozzy, Metallica, even the Eagles to a point. But are there those weird ones like if someone's like I'm in a Herman Hermits cover band? You go, isn't <laughs> Herman's Hermits a cover band anymore? Yeah, if I could, uh, if I could pull off doing like a a white version of Sly and the Family Stone, I, I would I would form that band. But I'd get canceled in five minutes. But see, that'd be something at least different and something at least interesting. Sure. Um, 
moving on, we have another uh, Ask Reddit question here that we'll touch upon quickly. What historical event would you have liked to have witnessed or taken part in and why? That That's a thinker of a question. For me, I go back and I, I kind of want to do and be there for the signing of the Declaration of Independence just to see the reaction to everyone with John Hancock signs it where no room for anyone else to sign it. Like how big of a dick move that was by him just to see the reaction of everyone else go, sure, Hancock, take up all the freaking space, you a-hole. You know, I'd be inclined to want to be there right about the time the wheel and and actually jump somebody and just say, no, I did that. (laughs) Take the credit. Right, hit him with a hit him with a Tyrannosaurus bone or something, and say, "No, I did that. That was me." I like that. I, that's much better than my yeah. idea. Why? Why? Why wait for the wheel? Why not just go to fire? Mm-hmm. Why, 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 yeah. why not been there for the invention of fire and be like, "I made this. This is right. me now." Yeah. Why? Why did you? Call, why did you call it the Gutenberg Press? Well, I don't know. I just it was a funny name. I just thought <laughs> I'd, I'd call it that. But I made it. It's, it's me. I did it myself. I like the way you think. You always have such better answers than these than mine. I, I, I jump to something totally obvious, but you're very devious when it comes to these time traveling things. It's opportunistic. I like that. I mean, hey, get your name down in history. It's it's well deserved. You got that plane safely to Calgary. Uh, I mean, you should be in the history books already, my friend. Uh, and, be- and before we wrap up this international version of the Mike and Molson Too Good for Radio podcast, we have an international story. They brought back the cheese rolling contest uh, for the first time since 2019. And for oh, those, man, I saw clips of that. Oh, isn't Wonderful. that great? Oh, for those who, who those who don't know, if you're just if you're just listening, and by the way, a perfect place to download and listen to this podcast is when you're waiting for an airplane at an airport. Mm-hmm. Very Agreed. very meta right now if you're listening to this one in that situation. Uh, but please watch some of the footage of this cheese rolling contest. For those who don't know, they basically roll. Uh, 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 basically a, a thing of cheese, a hunk of cheese, cheese wheel, down a hill, very steep incline, and just say, go get it, everyone. And the amount of serious injury and just people flopping around everywhere, it's like rag dolls going down this hill. Yeah, it's, it's a hill that you cannot run down. It is at such an angle that people think they can run down it, but gravity takes over, and within, within a few steps, uh, yeah, people are tumbling as much as the wheel is. <laughs> that you invented way back yeah. in the day. <laughs> right. The Johnny Molson wheel. Uh, so let me introduce you to Abby Lamp, which is, sounds like an OnlyFans name, but it's not. Uh, she is the first American woman ever to win the Britain's traditional cheese rolling contest. Uh, she was the winner of the female division just a couple weeks ago when they actually had it for the first time since 2019. So congratulations to Abby Lamp, who told Sports Illustrated that she trained for the race before leaving North Carolina and did a test run when she arrived in Gloucester. She said, quote, I went to Dorothea Dix Park, which another great OnlyFans name. <laughs> Watch your mouth. Which is a local. We can say that. We're not on the radio right now. Uh, oh, which is a local park by Raleigh, North Carolina. And I rolled down some hills trying to figure out the best way to roll down a hill. And I thought it was fun and all. But like in comparison to Cooper's Hill, it was a lightweight. There was no comparison. So I actually watched hours of film in the weeks leading up to the cheese race. Because I wanted to understand their strategies and where they started from and how they rolled down this hill. 
Have you watched the Netflix documentary on that? No, there's a Netflix documentary? Yeah, uh, it, it, it's called We Are the Champions, um, and uh, it follows a couple of people who um, th- th- this is what they this is what they train for, um, and uh, it's it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. Wow, kudos to Abby. Uh, it's also hilarious because people just fall over the, and they break their they break their collarbone. They, they they snap their neck. It's beautiful. Oh God, yeah. It's just like when when you see them just kind of flailing all over the place. It is. It's fantastic to watch because you, you think and even the reaction from the crowd that's filming it half the time, like oh oh oh, like as they just continue to roll down the hill and down the hill. But right. it, it, go ahead. It, it seems fun and funny, and then but but about about a quarter of the way down, you suddenly realize this is carnage, and people are truly. <laughs> yes. I mean, and they they end up in in crutches and and uh, and casts and everything. I mean, it, it is it's brutal. It's every bit. This is going to sound patently ridiculous, but it's every bit as dangerous as running with the bulls in Pamplona, running after that oh. wheel of cheese. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. So for for those who think differently, you want to at me, go ahead and at me. But I said what I said, and I think the wheel of cheese is more is more dangerous than the running with the bulls. That's that's just my hot take in this particular podcast episode. But not as dangerous as sitting in the exit row. No, nothing as dangerous as that, as, or using a lavatory right before takeoff. <laughs> Those are two very passive aggressive flight crew. <laughs> that is extremely dangerous. I thought we talked about, about this, this before. I would love to I would love to be in the air right now, but someone's <laughs> trying to take a deuce. Just get it out, wipe, and go back to your seat so we can fly. Oh, fun times. Well, thank you, Johnny, for, for taking the time on your international travels to uh, be a part of this particular episode of the podcast. Yes, and to all the people who are sitting in Calgary International Airport who heard half of this podcast, I hope they uh, hope they enjoyed it as much. As, <laughs> what were the reactions like, if I may to? ask? Were the people kind of looking over like, uh, who is this gentleman talking to? I, you know, I, I, I sat somewhere where I was convinced I'd be alone, and just before we started recording, a guy sat right behind me, so he's heard about half of what we're discussing here and doesn't really know the full context of something. <laughs> I can't wait to, to you don't fill him in because we know you yeah. hate small th- – you just be like, eh, you know what? I've made sure he won't talk to me after he's heard this in that last 28 minutes of me talking to myself what he may think is hilarious things. Could you sit somewhere else, sir? I'm prepping to sit in the exit row and I need, <laughs> I need to concentrate. I need to really get in my zone by playing my do you want to touch me there and singing along with it. I'm, you know, I, I think I'm right up there with Blue Angels pilots, aren't I? I mean, I'm really. Oh, you're above them. You're above yeah. them. I mean, what the hell did they, what the hell do they do? They just fly around and and do cool tricks. You make sure people land and are safely arriving at their at their destination. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 the Blue Angels can go. They can go to hell. You, you're you're way more important than they are. <laughs> what do they do? Just wow people at uh, at air shows? Come on now. Johnny's the real hero here, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny, safe travels, my friend. And, uh, yeah, we will look forward to recording one of these again next week with the Micah Molson Too Good for Radio podcast. Bye-bye.